Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I'm your host. And today in the show, we talk about um, maybe one of the most important foundational practices as a parent who is endeavoring to parent in this connected way, and that is positive reframing. So if this is your, your first uh, conversation on the matter, uh, I'm so excited to be able to talk with you about this. Uh, we brought uh, Tana and Mo on from ETC to to uh, help to kind of lay out what it looks like to begin to positively reframe things with our kids. So moving away from don't phrases and moving toward uh, phrases that you want them to. So instead of stop running through the house, it's please walk, that kind of thing. So we're going to walk through, uh, you know, all the information of the background of why this is important and, um, We'll lay out a foundation for how to do this and then give some practical examples and some tips um, for everyone from uh, parents to school teachers to uh, administrators. This is also even just a great interpersonal communication practice for adults as well. So for you with your uh, friends, siblings, family, spouses, partners, everybody, um, it's a great, great communicative practice for us to embrace. And so we're going to talk about that today and uh, afterward. We'll talk about the next uh, couple weeks of our show and, and what we've got lined up for you guys. We're super excited about it. And so, yeah, without any further ado, here we are, Mo, Tana, and myself talking about positive reframing. Well, Tana Ottinger, Mo Ottinger, and I are here today, and we're going to talk about, like we mentioned in the, in the opening today, positive reframing and how we, uh, how we use that as parents. And so, uh, guys, thanks for being here. This is obviously, this, this topic in particular, um, well, let me say too, if you, if you follow uh, Empowered to Connect on social media, you saw Sunday night, uh, we posted a graphic. That graphic said, tell your child what to do instead of what not to do. Now, uh, if this is... If this is you and your introduction into this idea, or if you saw that and kind of rolled your eyes a little bit thinking, okay, yeah, of course. Um, I, I know that the the inner uh, traditional parent that I am, like my, my inner childhood, my inner Southern Baptist pops up to go, ah, I don't know about all that. We got to be tough. Dang it. No right. Southern Baptist. No Why? Southern Why do I do that? It's your trauma. It's okay. It's your, it's your, it's your big T traumas. It we is. got you, JD. It is. It's hey, us JD, too. JD, why don't you say, it's my inner Southern Baptist Church of Christ Fellowship Memphis background <laughs> that just. You know, why don't you alienate all our supporters? Something John Bryson taught say, me that I'm learning to undo right now is. I would say my <laughs> Act 29 trauma, Mars Hill, kill it. Oh, Tim Keller. <laughs> No, I cannot even. All right, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go back to the graphic, and then I'll just say that my inner traditional parent comes out because I have no sense, and I just can't say something normal without alienating somebody. Okay. It's all right. We, hey, you're, we're, we're we're all working on saying it positively. That's this. That's this you should have let that in as an example. Ah, here we go. But if you saw that graphic, that graphic said, uh, tell your child what to do instead of what not to do. And y'all, I mean, we've talked about this. My, my inner traditional parent kind of reflexively pops up to go, oh, you can't be that soft. You've got to be tougher on your kids. You've got to make sure they know their limits and all of that. And so um, I, obviously 
the heart of, of what we're talking about today uh, is very much so establishing boundaries and being able to parent in a way that is healthy. And so um, we thought we would talk through this for a few minutes. And, um, and Tana, I, I think one of the things that I've you know, also shared before is I, I, for me, it helps to know some of the science behind this. If I can know a neurological connection or I can know kind of what's happening in, a, in, in my body or kids' bodies before um, I endeavor to do something, it helps me to make a connection. So why don't we talk first about uh, what's happening in the brain? Why is this such a, a good idea for us to embrace? Yeah, I th- thank you, J.D. I love, there's an example in the very opening of the Yes Brain by oh, yeah. um yeah, by Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, that if any of y'all haven't read that, I would recommend you pick that up. But they really start laying out just this physiological reaction that we all have as humans when we are talked too harshly or when we repeatedly hear the word no, that we are actually like biologically reacting to instruction or correction that can be um, like physiologically, heart rate, sweaty palms, anxiety, your mind can kind of shut down. You sort of can go from, you know, having a lot of access to your upper brain to slamming down into the lower brain stem, sort of fight, flight, freeze, or fun. It can cause a stress response. That can happen to any of us. When we are in a moment of experiencing correction or instruction, it's just how we're like biologically wired to respond. If you have experienced trauma or adversity, we've talked about this a lot, but what we know to be true is that there might be a heightened reaction if your brain has been wired around trauma or loss or adversity to getting to that place of fight, flight, and freeze. So we can accidentally put our kids in a posture of defensiveness or stress or fight, flight, and freeze or fawn by simply how we are offering instruction and add fuel to the fire. You know, there's something that maybe we could have redirected it and gotten things moving uh, more quickly, but by our tone or the words that we've used or the way that we've given an instruction then we can cause them to actually like have a physiological reaction that isn't willful or on purpose. Yeah. So in this book, they give an example about how uh, Dr. Siegel and some of his breakouts will like repeat the word no harshly over and over and over again and ask the audience to like take a temperature of their bodies and their heart rate and how they feel and then go into saying yes in a more gentle, calm way and like take a body assessment of how they feel and differentiate just physiologically the difference between getting that harsh instruction and that gentle, you know, words of yes. So I think if we can all stop and think about our own experiences, we sort of know this is true. Like our brains and bodies react under instruction and when we hear no and when we hear a harsh tone. Yeah. Which, I mean, I mean, I'll just add to what you said is that, you know, if, if they've gone down from the executive brain down to the lower brain, they're not, I mean, we're putting our kids in some, in some situations that they can't respond the way yeah, we want them to, right. like they have, right. they can't access. So we've, we've, we've derailed it 
and and we all know this. I mean, yeah. you know, we've we've all experienced it. We know those in our life that, mm-hmm. I mean, when we slow down and look at the people that man just breathe life into us, I think we would yeah. all say it is those that when we think about their interactions with us um, are positive. And so even, even if that's correcting, it's, it is, it is in a positive tone. So. Um, yeah. yeah. I think you bring up an, an important point there, Mo is positive reframing and positive instruction still is instructive. It's right. not permissive. Right. And so it's not about, ignoring behavior or misbehavior or letting things slide. It's about taking a few minutes to frame. And sometimes you'll hear, like if you research and want to dive more into the idea of positive framing, sometimes it's talked about like narrating the now. And it means to tell our kids what we want from them instead of what we don't want from them. So it's about clearly setting up expectations. And it's as simple as something like, instead of saying, stop running, you could try, please walk. I mean, and y'all, you know, if you're on social media and you're following any kind of parenting advice, there's a lot of these, like, try this instead of. And those really are, like, switching it to positive framing. How do you give an instruction that is corrective in nature because you're wanting to change what's happening in the now in a way that is not so um, corrective? It doesn't feel corrective to the kid. It feels instructive, yeah. which doesn't – it can avoid putting – it's not always going to happen, but it can avoid – moments of them going into a defensive posture mm-hmm. or shutting down and sort of going into that reaction, that stress reaction. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things that I appreciate so much about this particular kind of tactic or, or mindset is that it works across any spectrum of leadership. Like whether you're working with kids, adults, um, in a school setting, parenting, anything. And so, uh, years ago, I, I, used to run after-school programs and was on kind of administrative staff at a school uh, in, in town here. And so during one of our professional developments, um, one of our leaders had everybody in the room close their eyes, kind of take note of their heart rate, and would just start shouting commands that you might hear from a stressed-out teacher uh, in a moment in the classroom. So it was, you know, stop talking right now, or you, know, you will not do that anymore. Immediately stop, whatever it was, like harsh, kind of negative like don't do statements or just know uh, over and over again. And everybody takes a measure of their heart rate. And then she immediately has you the exact, exact same thing. And she's matched those exact phrases to, you know, again, serious responses, but framed in the right way. Like stand up and walk to the door right now, please. You know, or uh, we're going to treat each other with kindness. Like use good words or use, use positive body for, you know, that kind of stuff. And so when we got done, took our, our heart rate again after that, like heart rate was significantly lower and nothing was changing in the desired outcome. Like the, the teacher is still attempting to give the same instruction. Um, the only thing that had changed was that it's so much easier to understand what's wanted of you. And in that moment, like physiologically, it was going to be easier for me to do that because I um, was calmer, you know, just just a very like simple thing. And so it is a, a very simple shift that happens in your mind, but it's not easy necessarily to, to start. 
it. Yeah, JD, you just said something about like you knew what was expected. So if you think about what's happening biologically, let's say that a kid is in the middle of a behavior that is not acceptable or needs to be changed and they are corrected a tone that shuts our ability off to think with, you know, some cause and effect or access logical thinking. And so you tell them in a harsh way to stop doing what they're doing and you are setting them up or you are assuming that they can fill in the blank with what they should do instead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. While simultaneously, because of your tone, cutting off access to that critical thinking part of their brain. Yeah. So for example, I mean, I know we take it for granted, but if we use that same example, stop running. Well, what do you want the kid to do? You want them to just stand still? Do you want them to walk? Like, do you want them to skip? Like, there's actually some executive functioning that needs to happen in the mind and in the body of that child to do what is being expected. And they have to fill in some assumptions while potentially being put into a fight, flight, and freeze stage. Yeah. So if you simply were to say, please walk, then you've, you've given them the instruction and they aren't having to think while stopping, while potentially being stuck in sort of some shutdown space. So you're setting the kids up to succeed rather than to potentially continue to escalate or fail. Yeah. And, and what about a kid that might have sluggish processing or auditory processing difficulties or ADHD? Like you, how do we even know that they heard our correction anyway? Yeah. If you aren't telling them what they need to hear, you're making, there's so many assumptions in between that, that punitive correction and what could have been a positive instruction. Yeah. Yep. And the reality is we all want to succeed, right? (laughs) Right? Like the kids, like, I mean, if we just think about our homes, we're in the middle of the summer, all that's happening, all the moving parts, like we want everybody to succeed. We don't need to escalate something that does not need to be escalated. (laughs) Right. And so, and, and so like in some regards by just, um, I mean, I know we talk about playful engagement. I know we've, you know, we've talked about it on here, but like the positive is more playful. It it, it just, yeah. it just, it, it just brings the temperature down of an interaction that you can potentially just be a man, please walk instead of all of a sudden having something escalate. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, we want to, we've got to correct the behavior or we've got to get the kid doing what they need to be doing. Right. Um, so we can, we can, you know, by turning it positive, we can pass on the knowledge that we want them to have, but we can also, they are, they're, they're learning knowledge, but they also are changing their action, right? Like they're doing what they need to be doing. And mm-hmm. so again, we're keeping everything at a level one. Um, we're, right. we're not escalating mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I mean that, and that I think is, again, when you're just starting out in trying to think through these different paradigms, parenting, that can be one of the hardest things to do because if you've not had it modeled for you, 
you don't have the bank of, of words in your mind yet or of phrases. You don't have the scripts ready uh, for in the moment how to say things. And so I know that early on for us, I mean, I would just get frozen in the moment because I'd be like, don't, just please, uh, just don't do that. <laughs> and so totally, totally. I, why don't we kind of talk through just some of the easier like first steps into this and, and ways to think about it that might help us to not be so frozen in the moment. And I'm sure not everyone is like me, but like, my wife was much quicker well, to pick it up. You know, I, but I want to say this, like, like, you know, we've been at this for 20 years and it is like, yeah. If we're honest, this goes against kind of, I don't want to say natural wiring, but it, it's like you're, swim, you're, you're swimming upstream here. Like yeah. you have to be super intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's natural. Um, right. Maybe for some personality types it is, but I'm just going to say for our home, framing it, on the positive is not always no it's natural not. it is something right. that you've you've got to work on and mm-hmm. so i mean i would even just throw this in right now for those of you listening that are parents or teachers or coaches or however like you're going to have to work on this and mm-hmm. th- that would almost be the takeaway you know and if you have a a spouse or a uh, mm-hmm. assistant coach or a Teacher, yeah. help, you know, whatever, co-parenting, friends, whoever. Like, I think you you kind of need to f- help each other in this and yeah. and speak into it because it doesn't come natural. This is not a natural. Uh, it is something that 20 plus years into parenting, uh, I still, still am working mm-hmm. on every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this. This is a scaffolding moment for me. This is the moment where we get to scaffold what sort of means to like grow in our own ability to do something step by step. So in, you know, on a good day, maybe I'm positively framing things half the time, you know, left to my own, just natural, not being mindful or thoughtful. It just doesn't come out positive. That is not my personality and wiring. So when I think about scaffolding, for me, it can be something as simple as like, JD, what you were saying, like when you get stuck, when you're trying to say it differently, but you aren't sure like what to say and the, the, the what not to do comes out, I would yeah. say just then add on what to do. So if nothing else, you're at least telling them what your expectations are and you're supporting that knowledge and skill building in the kiddo as well as helping retrain yourself to say it differently. So for example, we'll just go back to the same one. Stop running. Please walk. Right? You would want to at some point drop the stop running and just say, please walk. Right. But you that, that's going to be hard. Yeah. So if stop running comes out, then just think real quick, oh, I let me tell them what I want them to do instead. And then Next time when you see your kids doing something or you feel yourself about to give an instruction, kind of do that thing we talk about, like practice the pause and think for a minute, what do I actually want my kids to do right now? Or what needs to happen in this moment? Or what are my expectations here? And sometimes it can be that 
I really love how you guys are doing this and this is what we need to do next. Like positive framing doesn't always have to be corrective. It can just be instructive, kind of going back to that, what I was saying about narrating the now, which is just kind of telling, like staying present in the moment. Positive framing can help you as a parent stay present right now. This is what's happening and this is where we need to go. These are the next steps. And you are helping support your kids moving forward into the next step and you're not leaving it up to chance or sort of defaulting into how the moment is going. Yeah. So it can be sort of prepping them or let's say you're about to, I don't know, go into, uh, you're visiting someone, you're about to go into somebody's house, you've got young kids and you're driving into the driveway. Positive framing can simply be about telling them what you expect as they walk in. Not and, and you wouldn't want to say, here's what I don't want you to do. You would want to say, here's right. what I do want you to do. Here's how the night is going to go. And here are our expectations for how we want that to go. So here are the things to do. Please flush the toilet. Please flush sure. the toilet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let, let's use that as a simple silly one, Mo. Seriously, how, there's two ways you could say that. You could say, don't forget to flush the toilet, or please remember to flush the toilet. Right. Please remember to flush the toilet. It's a positive way of having, if you have a kiddo that struggles to remember, there you just frame that positively. And what happens with our brains and our like interactions and that like, if we talk about using positive framing to build connection and attachment, if I am gently reminding my kid that might struggle to remember in a positive and gentle way, there is this implied assumption. I'm assuming the best of them. I'm not assuming the worst. Okay. So when we're thinking about positive framing with building attachment and connection, one of the things that I love about this is this cumulative effect of what happens in relationship between a parent and their child when we are framing things positively over and over and over again, because there is this build up sense of we are assuming that they can do what is the best action here instead of what can happen on the opposite side of that is if what they hear from us is cumulative correction, the no, the stop, the don't, the quit versus the remember, let's do, you can then there is like a sense of self that we're building into our kids. And they, yeah. They, yeah. they are sensing mom and dad are here to support me and they assume I can, but they're just, a, it's a gentle reminder. So I love like what happens in relationship through positive framing. It is about helping our kids change the behavior. That's part of it. It absolutely is. It is about building skill and knowledge, helping our kids know what they need to do, and equipping them with the skills to do it. But it also is a really valuable tool in building and strengthening trust and connection and like a positive sense of self and capability cumulatively. Yeah. 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 You know, if I'm honest, like what you just said, I'm like, I get it. It, but like what I, I mean, I, I, like I was just convicted because what you said is it's the assumption you have the 
best intentions, right? Yeah. That your child has the best intentions, that they, you are assuming the best. And, and I'm going to be honest, like I'm thinking about one of my kiddos and man, I need to reframe a lot of how we interact, you know? I mean, I'm like, I'm looking here going, man, because, um, yeah, like I, I, and, and I think that's a challenge for all parents, right? Like you've had a kid all day and, and, you know, we've all seen it. Like we've been at a store, we've seen a parent, like a child does something to us seems very small and a parent loses it on them. Right. And you're like, man, that was a little overreaction. Well, that child maybe has done that thing 20 times it's today. Just the last for us. Right. That, that's right. Like the last straw. And so I think when it comes to the intention, that's what we do as well. And I think like, even what was, what Tana just said about, man, it, being in the now, being in the present, what I'm wanting my child to do is walk. What I'm wanting my child to do is the dishes. What I'm yep. wanting my child yep. to do is just right here. This is the present. This is the now. Yeah. What's not right there is the 50 times that they've run through the house and we've asked them not to. What's right. what's not right there is, you know, the the not taking the trash out or the on and on and on and on. And so I think for us as parents, I don't think we always um, give our kids the benefit of the doubt or um, feel like they have the best intentions. If we're honest, I think we can get short. We can get frustrated. um, We can get historical. We're not in the now. We are not right there. And all this is, is I need my kid to walk. I need my kid to like, you know, and so I think that's, that is, Mm -hmm. yeah, as I'm thinking through this, like that's, that's where my, that's my job this week. That's my job when I get off this podcast is to begin to think through that. Well, I just thought about, you know, even when we started this um, topic today, my heart just sank because I was like, oh, I, I needed this reminder because I've been, just the last few weeks, I've been super off my game with this. And um, I was reminded of, and and I'll shout out the Instagram account, Curious Parenting. So if you if you follow their stuff, it's just at curious.parenting on, on Instagram. But they um, had a four-part post about unlearning perfectionism, uh, perfectionism and, and just posted several examples of just of, of trying positive framing instead of um, the don't commands. And so uh, one of the things that they, that they did or uh, one of the things they said was uh, when you say to your kids, like, oh, your shoes are on the wrong feet instead of, hey, good, you got your shoes on. Are those comfortable to walk in right now? And helping to teach your kids just to think um, about that and to be aware of their own bodies, aware of their own space, and in doing so then to, to be able to fix that and take control of that. And then it gives you a chance, another chance to positively, you know, give some feedback or to frame that or to, to positively praise them after they then fix it. Like, that's awesome. You saw your shoes on the wrong feet and you fixed it. Like, that's so great. So, I mean, that came up this past week in, in one moment, and I noticed how just effortless uh, it was to ask my kid that question and they just looked down and went, oh, and laughed about it and changed changed feet with their shoes. And then they're comfortable. I'm not fighting this battle of like where, where a, you know, a toddler digs in with me. They're like, I like it this way. I don't want to change my shoes, you know, because then if their shoes are on the wrong feet and they're comfortable, who cares, <laughs> right? That's one part of it. So I, I had not thought about until I saw that Instagram post that 
the, the positive reframing is also helping to weed out perfectionism from growing into, into our kids' minds where they are constantly mm-hmm. then as they get older um, repeating our don't phrases and our no phrases over and over in their own minds and, and creating this self-hate network of, um, of, of memories mm-hmm. that pops up. And, um, and so mm-hmm. for anybody who has, has grown up with that particular challenge, you know that can be very hard to undo over time. And so if we, if we want to from the beginning, uh, you know, we, this is not, none of this is saying we're not going to be frustrated. None of this is saying we're never going to be, uh, you know, at wit's end with kids. It is saying, though, that this is a more effective method of, of correcting or of um, helping our kids kind of stay on, stay on task or stay in line. And it's also going to be a more uh, positive, long-term way for them to grow uh, as they get older. So, yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to assumptions. Let's assume that our kids are going to need our support. Let's assume yeah. that our kids are going to have a hard time. Let's assume that our kids are going to need some positive encouragement and some narrating of the now and some, you know, curious questions to help them think. Let's assume. Yeah. They're going to need our support to make good decisions. Like, let's assume all the right, like, child development things instead of assuming intention or, you know, that it's it's something that they're doing against us or it's just mm-hmm. time. I mean, maybe y'all have heard that phrase, my kid isn't giving me a hard time. They're having a hard time. Yeah. Like just keeping that in our mind. Like this is a moment when our kid needs our support. Um, this is a moment when they could use a little bit of encouragement and to move forward positively. Um, right. I'll say real quick before we end, I, I want to make sure that our listeners are thinking about this, not just with the little kids, but this actually yeah. works all the way up into adolescence and young adulthood. I mean, Mo and I had a perfect example of this last night and I, I want to give a shout out to him because he handled it really well. I was wanting to like escalate the situation. I just, I didn't mean to want to do that. I, I wish I didn't want to do that, but, but I, I was finding myself wanting to escalate this interaction with a couple of our older kids and young adults that live at home. And Mo, I mean, I don't mind if you tell the story, I think you'll probably know what I'm talking about, but Mo like laid it out to be this, this positive reminder. And I was like wanting to pick a fight Mm. and you knew I was wanting to pick a fight in the middle. Didn't you? Like I knew it. They knew it. You knew it. I was like, (laughs) what's wrong? Mo's like totally laying us out for success here. You want to share the story? Oh, I think you ought to tell this story. Let's, let's keep keep going. This is (laughs) great. You you said something about Mo. You did awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hear you. I hear you. So Mo last night killed it by, um, (laughs) so there has been a need to do a reminder about dishes in the sink. And we do have a little system. I say we have a system. I I wish, I wish we had this system because it's often forgotten (laughs) about rinsing in one side and like stacking the dirty dishes on the other side, like rinse in the side where the disposal is, rinse the stuff off. You know, we, we have, there's a lot of people awake at (laughs) night around here. We talk about this often off the air, like a lot of people awake at night. I don't always know what's going on, but we will go to bed. The sink will be clean and empty and we will wake up and there will be a lot of cooking and things that have happened while we were sleeping. Yeah, it's a 24 hour kitchen. It's a 24 hour kitchen. That's right. Happening at the Ottinger (laughs) house. And so 
Sometimes that means the pans aren't washed or, you know, maybe they made a fried egg and they didn't wash the dish or whatever. And so Mo is usually the first one up, usually the first one to the kitchen and very often is the one dealing with the the chaos of the night before in the sink, sort of getting it flipped and ready and re Almost a whole load of dishes can fill the dishwasher right. when we wake up every morning. <laughs> and so Mo, you were just going to gently remind some people to please rinse off and set to the side and to rinse on the disposal side. And so you started off this conversation with, hey guys, no one's in trouble here. It's not that big of a deal. Just a, I think we even said just a gentle reminder. Please rinse your dishes on the side where the disposal is and stack on the other side. You know, and if y'all could do that, that'd be great. And then I went into this like, because dad every morning has to wake <laughs> up and do your dishes and it's a sign of disrespect. And right. like, I literally started like hammering in and I pulled back. I was like, I am so sorry. Dad just wanted y'all to be reminded. Y'all are not, in, I mean, <laughs> thankfully no one left crying. Everybody left the room okay. But like, why was I in that moment running hot and like, I wanted to pick a fight. I yeah. wanted them to feel that they were disrespecting you by simply not rinsing the dish. You didn't have that. You just wanted the dishes rinsed. Well, and I, I wanted think, to pick a fight. Yeah, and I think, though, that's like when I talk through just the history, right? Like there's a history yeah. there. And, yeah. and there's been multiple conversations about the dishes. Yeah. And, you know, and we can get into, you know, our kiddos are – I mean, they're about to move out and they're about to have roommates and they're about to be on their own and all those (laughs) things, you know, and and you begin to go to this, we've had this conversation 20 times, you're going to get roommates that are going to hate you and like you go all these places. All I really need right now is you to rinse it and remember to that's rinse right. it. And, and so that's where I, I think, On too, the side with the disposal so we don't clog the sink, right? Yeah, so, but I think I think mm-hmm. that's where, again, as parents, you can play all that out, right? Like you're sitting in the kitchen last night with these teenagers and all that's playing out. The yeah. history, yeah. the future, the... <laughs> you know right. what's interesting, Mo? I think you did bring up roommates. So not to throw you back under the bus. When what? I was wait, wait, wait. I didn't bring last night. I didn't bring last night. No, no, no. no. Maybe actually. Cut the podcast <laughs> in. Rinse it in. Rinse it in. No. I was like, wait a minute. So no. I just thought about it. That is what was happening. You got a little futuristic. I did. And I was getting histrionic. I was getting frustrated because we've had the conversation multiple mm-hmm. times. You were worried about like who they're turning into. And anyway, <laughs> you get the point. I mean, for our okay. listeners, this is the real, this is the reality we, of it. And okay. it matters both, when they're. Yeah. We both, we both screwed struggle. up. We both screwed <laughs> okay. up. Okay. Please listen to us. <laughs> Please. Great. Great parenting advice. <laughs> well, I do think no. that's a, a perfect place for us to wrap um, this show up. And, and for a couple of reasons. One, I think it is just a, a, a good, like, light, oh, we were laughing at this, but like, just a good reminder that, you know, yeah. moment by moment, we just, we need to check ourselves. We need to be able to check our partners, our spouses, our, our teammates in this, this deal. And when we're able to do so, when we've got the same goal, um, it, it makes it something that we can do without it becoming, um, you know, another yeah. separate fight, or whatever. So uh, I'll say shout out to both of y'all for both the proactive in the moment and the reflective, like desire to go back and correct or whatever. So I think we're all, uh, all in the, in the, 
in a good situation after that. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you guys. I, in the coming weeks, so we've talked about this a few times um, uh, in, in recent kind of endings of the podcast. So in the coming weeks, we're going to take a break um, through the month of August and uh, let everybody get back to school, back to, uh, you know, homeschool, back to jobs, back to just regular routines uh, through the month of August. There's lots of transitions happening there. And then we will hit the ground running in September with a brand new lineup um, of a lot of professionals who we are um, super, super excited to introduce you to uh, or just to help you uh, see again um, with us. And so, uh, if you've got suggestions, feedback, comments, anything like that that you want uh, to see us uh, talk about or talk, or, or uh, people you want us to see us interview on the show, please do let us know uh, in the comments. Um, please use that feedback form on empoweredtoconnect.com.org slash podcast. Or you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or the like. So uh, for Tana, Mo, everybody here at ETC, this is J.D. Wilson, and we'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.